And we're joined now by Will Thompson from Microsoft. Hello. You are a program manager. Yep. What does a program manager do? <laughs> this is such a great question. Um, so I, I always say uh, our developers write code. Right. Uh, our UX designers uh, define what the product looks like mm -hmm. and how it behaves. Uh, we have content writers who do documentation and that sort of stuff. We have field sales who go and sell it to customers and support people who are on the end of the phone when something goes wrong. PMs do everything else. Everything else. <laughs> uh, they have to coordinate all the stuff between all those teams. Um, but the most important thing is acting as the voice of the customer. So all of the things that we hear customers asking for and our users asking us, can the product do this? Does the product do that? Synthesizing all of that feedback mm -hmm. and turning it into this is what the product needs. This is what we need, need to go and build into the product to make it work better. Um, and then defining yeah. the what it should do, right. not the how. That's for the designers. Right? So uh, yeah, it's 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 mostly it's that. How do we define where we're going with the product? Uh, and then the specific features that we're going to go and build for it. And this definition of where you're going, does that come from your mind or is it from someone, some architect higher above up. you, higher up? Yeah, um, all of the above. Oh. Um, ultimately, ultimately um, so individual PMs are responsible for individual features. Yeah. Um, but we have a GPM I'm covering for her at the moment, Kim Manis, she's off having babies. Um, Plural. Twins, yeah. Oh. Do you not know about the twin curse? Oh, right. The Power BI twin curse. <laughs> yes. Power BI, so the Power BI twin, twin curse. There was a point uh, where we had like 14 people who either had twins or were twins Whoa. across the team. Um, so I have twins. Kim has twins. One of our designers, is, his wife, has just, just found out they're pregnant with twins. <laughs> it's crazy. So if you want to have twins, come join our twin team. <laughs> If you don't want twins, don't join Pavia. Um, right, that's a top tip right there. I'd really like to know whether this is also replicated in the community because, like, the, okay, so the engineering team has this problem, but does just using Pavia <laughs> increase your likelihood? Uh, you of know, I, I, I see great opportunity to visualize hmm. this. Exactly. Would yes. that mean that they reporting. would become digital twins? Asher. Digital twins. Asher digital twins. Come on, you yeah. had to. That, that's yeah. the only reason why I'm here. <laughs> with with one-liners? Come up with these one-liners. Yeah, one-liners, yeah. Oh, okay. So Kim Kim has done a fantastic job of tracking every feed, every uh, results of feed, every bit of sleep that her babies have got. And obviously, she's put them into a Power BI report. Of course. She has a dashboard that shows which of her two children are getting more sleep, <laughs> how little sleep she's getting. It's great. So, uh, so what are your program manager for, for the ones of us yeah, who so, don't know? So I'm the program manager on the Power BI desktop team um, who I look after our modeling capabilities and a few other visuals. Um, so anything to do with DAX, anything to do with tables and relationships, anything to do with kind of some of the more analytic functions like grouping and binning and um, uh, quick measures, that's also me. Um, basically anything that isn't a visual, that's Amanda. Uh, and anything that isn't in the query side, it's either like Paul or um, uh, somebody from our data connections team. So people like Miguel Lopez, everybody knows yep. him. Mm -hmm. uh, he's on that team. Um, and then we've got other PMs who look after other little bits as well. But that's that, that kind of middle layer. There's no, it's like nothing pretty. <laughs> I am not responsible for anything pretty, <laughs> which is a good thing. 
so that's my responsibility. But I'm also covering for Kim while she's out. Mm. So um, back to your question about where who sets the who sets that direction. The GPM, which is what Kim does, group program manager, she she's responsible for the whole of desktop. Right. So overseeing kind of in general where is that that bit of the product going, and then obviously we have somebody higher up than that, Arun. He's responsible for Power BI all up. So the desktop, the service, the mobile piece, uh, data flows, um, the uh, embedded, custom visuals, everything. Um, and that therefore is more strategic. Now, alongside him, you've got Amir Nets, who's our CTO and, mm. and architect, uh, chief architect. And he he sets a lot of like the technical vision. Right. And also comes up with crazy ideas that we all go, wow, that's brilliant. Why didn't we think of that before? And then we go and try and figure out how to do it. Um, so there is a lot of kind of direction set from higher up, but the individual bit of, <clears throat> excuse me, what are the features that, let's, let's take a, a data analyst. What are the features that they need to be able to build successful models? Mm -hmm. The individual PMs, I need in that case, define those. Right. So considering that the, the Power BI is, is one part the, the service and one part desktop, would you say that desktop plays second fiddle to the service, mm -hmm. or is it the other way around? Or, I mean, don't forget, like I said, desktop service, mobile embedded, yes, custom vision. It's a lot. Data flows is AI. There's there's a ton of different teams under Power BI. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the the relationship between desktop and service is kind of interesting because if you just had desktop, it's just a tool on a desktop and a tool on somebody's machine and. I can't do anything with that report. So I can find some insights for me, but the value of a BI solution is when you share those insights with somebody else. Yes. And the service wouldn't exist because nobody could build any reports to put in it. Now we have some report editing capabilities in the service, but all of the modeling stuff, which is currently desktop only, you know, you need the desktop tool for it. Um, it's also interesting that the, the, the engineers on the desktop team, we, we're responsible for a lot of the code that's in the service. So obviously the models run there, the reports run there, right. and we're responsible for making sure that the visuals render there, excuse me, as well as on the on, on the actual desktop client. So I wouldn't say the one plays second fiddle to the other. You know, they no. they are symbiotic. Symbiotic. Okay, that's I, I I guess that makes sense. And how long have you been for to start as with, with Microsoft? And how long right. have you been a program manager in the Power BI? So, um, I've been a program manager on the Power BI team for five years-ish, he says, questioningly. Um, I moved to the US in 2012, so that's when I joined right. the team. So back then, we weren't Power BI, we were Power BI and Office 365. Mm. We, were, we were Power View, Power Pivot, Power Query, um, and I joined the Power View team. Um, and then we had the big reorg and the big reset, and we started thinking about this new product that would join these three things together. Um, I actually spent six months uh, not in the engineering team, but in like an analytics team working for Power BI, like doing our own internal analytics. It was great because right. I was actually a user of the product that yep. I'd spent two, two yep. years building. And that gave me such a great insight into the problems with it and the gaps and the bits that people really need. Um, I spent, yeah, like I said, six months there and then came back into the engineering team. Um, but before that, I was working for Microsoft in the UK and uh, I was in technical sales. Um, so I spent all of my time talking to customers showing them how analysis services, reporting services, Excel, uh, integration services, how, how all of that uh, uh, that tier of, of tools worked, mm. helping them architect out some solutions um, in that kind of pre-sales. 
because you have quite a, an explosive growth in Power BI in the Power BI team. Mm -hmm. You started out with quite a few people, and then it, it grew huge. Yeah, I mean, we, we started out with a pretty small team that came from that analysis services, reporting services um, yep. uh, team. Those teams came to Power BI, um, and then when we relaunched Power BI, you know, Power BI V two or whatever you want to call it, um, that was when James Phillips came in and kind of took over the product. And we, we probably doubled the size of the team um, over that maybe year. Um, it, it was really explosive. Yeah. Really successful, built this product, launched it, got some great traction. Um, and then actually the team's come down again since then uh, because we, as, as Power Apps and Flow and some of these other business oh, right. platform tools have come up, we said, you know what? We need to take some of our best engineers and go work on that as well. Um, so there's been some balancing, um, and we actually started growing again. Mm -hmm. It fluctuates, some of these things do. Um, but yeah, I think we're in, a, we're in a really good position at the moment, and we are. We haven't. The, the really interesting thing is we haven't slowed down. You know, despite the number of people in the team we're slowed down, we're still shipping. You know, desktop still shipping every month with a bunch right. of features every right. month, and the service is still getting rolled out every week, and we're adding tons and tons of new stuff there as well. So, and I gotta ask you because. I came into Power BI just as it had turned Power BI. Yeah. And if I just turn my back to Power BI for five minutes, <laughs> you guys build something yeah, new yeah, yeah. or redesign something. And I find it pretty hard to keep up. How do you guys uh, keep it's up? Hard, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I've, I've, I've got known in the community through doing all the, the videos, yes. the training videos. And that was the best way for me to learn about the product was oh, right. figuring out how do I do a three-minute introduction and demo of this of this new feature, and you know getting back in the studio every month to go and record videos about those new features. Actually, I've not done it for a few months. We need to get back on that. Um, yeah, it was was a really great way to keep up the speed with it. Now, obviously, not everybody does that. So, mm. how would I suggest other people do? Um, the, the blog posts that Amanda puts out are really good as high level let's just whip through everything that's changed tonight yeah um you can keep in touch with you can keep track on what's happening through the release notes as well we we uh, put those out every six months and they cover everything under the business applications group so it covers dynamics as well as power apps and flow and Power BI. Um, and that's got a lot in it about uh both both what's available now but also what's coming um we, we put the feature the, the the big ticket items certainly the big okay. features that are coming yep. in the next uh, next few months as well on there Cool. And what strikes me when, because we, you always bring up the new Power BI release in once a month in the podcast. Yep. And what strikes me is that there's always something revolutionary. Yes. Close mm. to at least. It's it's not evolutionary. It's revolutionary. Yep. We we try and do that. Like every month, we try and have something like big, yep. something big and new, and then a bunch of other features which we just hear that these are the things that yep. people need most. Um, so yeah, whether it's you know it's Q and A or composite models or uh, aggregations or uh, expand and collapse in the tables and matrix that are coming soon, and you know so like we we put in these really big things. There might be a change there over the next yep. few months that I think we we're we're kind of getting to the point where we've got enough of these big things that allow people to produce these really enterprise grade solutions. And actually, we're we're trying to refocus, particularly in the desktop team. Um, and, and put some more effort on, on the usability side of it. Right. Um, I always uh, uh, talk about, I want to make Power BI Desktop PowerPoint for data. Yeah. It should be as simple to use as PowerPoint. And there are some ex expectations that come along with that as an office application, like you know, copy and paste. I should be able to copy and paste between files. Yeah. 
somehow we've been the product for three years and we've never <laughs> added that feature. We're going to go and do that. Uh, you know, there are things around uh, uh, layout. You know, having the, the like the snap line, your snap, uh, uh, lines that snap to other mm -hmm. objects, so to help your line stuff. They're like usability niceties. You could go and do this manually, but it just makes for a much nicer experience. And yep. I think those are that's an area that we need to spend some more time on. Yeah, um, and you'll see more of that over the next few months. Yeah, that's that's quite interesting because whenever people bring out Power BI, they also said, yeah, 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 but Tableau is much better at the visual stuff. And when you come right down to it, it's well, it's more polished but it's the same thing underneath. Mm. So if you just bring that up, bye-bye Tableau. It's interesting, yeah. I, I think Tableau, it's a very different model that they yes. take, right? That, that Tableau was built from the ground up as being a, uh, a completely flexible visualization tool, right? You, you, don't, you don't create a bar chart. You mm. create a chart that happens to represent data as a rectangle where the height of the rectangle is bound to some data. And, and it makes it very, very flexible. Mm -hmm. It makes it allows you to do crazy, crazy things. But I think as you get to the crazier stuff, it becomes really hard. I think the learning curve there is, is much steeper. Power BI's approach was, well, we're going to give you a selection of visuals out of the box that just make it really simple to do you know, 60% uh, of what you need. Mm. Um, or rather, you'll get 60% you'll get just with two clicks. You'll get to the rest of the way with a few more clicks and drags, and it's not too much. Now, sometimes people go, yeah, yeah, but it needs to do X, Y, Z. Okay, well, we custom visuals for that. And there's a load of people out in the community building those. Um, but it was always geared around um, making it easy for you to get started really, really quickly. And about the, the custom visuals, there is a, a dynamic uh, wizard thingy to create <laughs> custom visuals. Yeah, it's called Charticulator. Charticulator. Oh. That say that. Name I like. yeah. yeah, say that three times. Charticulator. Charticulator. Yeah, it's great actually. So um, this started as a Microsoft research project. Right. Um, so we, we've got a really good relationship with MSR. Um, a lot of the those, those groundbreaking features that you're talking about, the revolutionary things, um, start off as, as, as MSR projects. So um, Q&A, our natural language, mm -hmm. that started as, a, uh, as an MSR project. Some of the insights uh, and AI work started as MSR projects. Um, there's a whole bunch of, uh, of work that we borrow from there. And so actually, uh, actually, the, uh, the like I said, Charticulator started from that as well. Uh, and they they were really researching how uh, how you could build using simple primitives, squares, rectangles, uh, circles, and lines and stuff, how could you build that, uh, build different visualizations? Right. Not thinking particularly about Power BI. But then as they, uh, as they tested this tool and started prototyping it, they were like, well, actually, everything that, that we're using to render these visuals, it's dead easy for us to translate that into a Power BI custom visual. So why don't we just do it? So there's a button that says export as Power BI custom visual. And it's great, because you can then take these crazy visuals that people are building, that could be built against any data set. And when, when you're using the tool, you upload a sample data set, or you can use one later. Um, but then you can export it, put it into your Power BI report, and use it against your data. And it's just, you just choose the fields that you want to bind to x-axis, y-axis, whatever it is, yeah. and away you go. You can put it into Excel as well. Uh, I think so. Right. Because um, it's a Power BI custom yeah, visual, and Excel exactly. supports that. And speaking of Excel, Simon, you found something the other day. Um, was it intelligent data data types in yeah. Excel where mm, you scrape mm. metadata? Exactly. Can we expect to find something similar coming into Power BI anytime soon? Yeah, it's a really interesting 
uh, feature that, that Excel will work on there. So you're talking about like, a cell doesn't just represent a value, it represents a set of information about yes. like a, a stock ticket symbol or a, a customer or a location. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think I think the thing is Power BI kind of has that built in, right? That, that you're not working with cells of data, you're working with an entity, you're working mm -hmm. with uh, an object in a model, you know, right. a, a table in a model. So we kind of already have that from a modeling point of view. Um, one thing that we could do, and we don't have any plans for this at the moment, but we should look at how the Excel feature uptake goes, is can we make use of that when we're importing data from an Excel yep. spreadsheet? Um, that definitely makes sense for us to go and say, how can we extract out that, that bit of metadata that's in that cell and turn it into a proper table in Power BI? Um, like I said, no short-term plans for it, but we should look at it in the future, definitely. And the, the final thing that I want to bring up is the new data quality inside Power Query. Mm -hmm. Could you talk about that, or is it too far in the future? Because I, uh, I think Justina showed us. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, really, actually, Ignite here, I think, is the first time that it's had lots of kind of public outings. Uh -huh. It's been in the works for a little while. Um, I think it started as a hackathon project, actually. Uh, we, really? We, yeah, we have a lot of it. That's, that's the other way that we get cool features, uh, is MSL or hackathons. So about twice a year, we say to all of our engineers, you know what? You don't need to work on regular features for a week. Go and build some crazy stuff. Yep. All right. Uh, and they do. And it's always great. And uh, it's always really funny to see, given free reign, where would our engineers go? What, mm -hmm. what would our developers go work on? Um, and, and that data profiling thing, I, if I remember rightly, came from, came from one of these hackathons. Um, so we were really focused there on saying, um, how do we make it easier to understand, as I'm pulling data into Power BI, what's, is, is this data uh, like fully filled in? Do we have any blanks in those, in those columns? What's the distribution of the values look like? Mm. Uh, how many duplicates do we have? And you could do that manually. It, you know, Power Query would let you go and say, okay, you know, count the number of rows where the uh, yeah, just custom columns. Yeah, with extra whatever. Um, but showing that visually, just mm. it's so much quicker. It's yep. so much easier just to be able to say, yeah, I can see there are some problems in this column. This one's fine. It's okay. Um, so that is, I think, uh, that's going to ship in uh, as a preview. I think in the October release of desktop. So it's coming really soon. Um, and we'll be adding some more features to it over the next few months before it becomes GA and uh, yep. take the preview. But yeah, it's pretty close, really close. Cool. Super, thank you very much for talking hey, to you're us. You're very welcome. And well, it's kind of back to the studio, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care, guys. Bye. Bye.